Well, good morning, East End Fellowship. Uh, this is Doug Paul. I am a house church leader. I am also one of the pastors at East End Fellowship. Uh, we are here in day eight of our social distancing, quarantine, um, wh- whatever it is that we are saying that we are currently in right now. We're not always exactly sure. Uh, first of all, we want to say hello to Aisha, who just joined, to Elizabeth, my wife, who hopefully has wrangled the kids upstairs and they're watching this because I know this is always their favorite part of the day. Lauren Bleem, good to see you. I mean, I'm not seeing you, but I see that you're here virtually with us. So it's good to see you this morning. Uh, as you can see, if you've been following along, I have moved my desk. Uh, the way that my desk was earlier, you, it really did look like I was in a dungeon and my, my wife had managed to uh, trap me down here. And so I've moved the desk so it looks like I'm not in the worst place anyone could ever imagine. Charlotte, good to see you. Sarah Maida. Thanks for joining. Hey, we're going to be picking up in the Moravian text again. Uh, again, if you if you are not getting the daily Moravian text sent directly to your email, you can do that. If you just Google daily Moravian text subscribe, daily Moravian text subscribe, you can just drop your email in there and it will uh, drop it off for you. So we are going to be picking up in, we've been, we've been walking through Matthew as part of the text reading. Uh, we're going to be in Matthew chapter 26 today. Um, sort of where we were last week, Jesus is having this really, really long discussion with his disciples, uh, and a lot of the discussion was about the end of the world. And so we we got to walk through that for the first week that we have really been practicing social distancing for some of us quarantining if we're more high risk. Um, and so all of that, that conversation ended in the text. And so things are starting to speed along now in the last week of Jesus's life, and we're going to pick up Uh, with Matthew chapter 26. We will pick up with verse 1 and read to verse 13. So again, I'm reading from the NIV um, version, and I will start reading now. When Jesus had finished saying all these things, he said to his disciples, As you know, the Passover is two days away, and the Son of Man will be handed over to be crucified. Then the chief priests and the elders of the people assembled in the palace of the high priest, whose name was Caiaphas, And they plotted to arrest Jesus in some sly way and kill him. But not during the feast, they said, or there may be a riot among the people. Verse 6, while Jesus was in Bethany, which is a little town just outside of Jerusalem, in the home of a man known as Simon the leper, a woman came to him with an alabaster jar of very expensive perfume, which she poured on his head as he was reclining at the table. When the disciples saw this, they were indignant. Why this waste, they asked. This perfume could have been sold at a high price and the money given to the poor. Aware of this, Jesus said to them, Why are you bothering this woman? She has done a beautiful thing to me. The poor you will always have with you, but you will not always have me. When she poured this perfume on my body, she did it to prepare me for burial. I tell you the truth, wherever this gospel is preached throughout the world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. The great irony of that passage is anytime we read it, we are actually doing that thing. Any place that the gospel is preached and any time around the world, it will be read and it's going to be shared in uh, in memory of her. And we, we actually just did what Jesus said was going to happen. Uh, that, that particular irony is never quite lost on me. A couple of things stand out to me this morning from this text. Uh, the first, it comes from a different book, a different gospel, but in the, the gospel of... Um, 
I, I believe it's Mark. This is really off the top of my head. I think it's in Mark 9. And it, it, there's this moment, or maybe it's Luke 9. It's either Mark 9 or Luke 9. One of these. Don't, don't throw stones at me virtually uh, if I get this wrong. But there's this passage where it says um, he, Jesus is about halfway through his, his public ministry of the three years that he's going to spend ministering to people, to the crowds, and more specifically to his disciples. And it says halfway through, um, it says that he set his face like flint. He, fe- he set his face like stone towards Jerusalem. Uh, and the, the fascinating thing about that is there is this sense, and what that verse is communicating, is that, that there is a, Jesus understood that the journey was beginning, and it started then, and it was going to end with his death in that crucifixion. And it said that his like his demeanor, his posture, his orientation, his will was set like stone. It would not be moved. Um, and it's going to end in his death. And it's like he was on a path, this collision course with his, with his own crucifixion. And he knew long before that that's where he was going. And there's this beautiful picture of like his will was like stone and it would not be moved. Uh, and, and here we are in the last week, just a few days before that thing is finally going to happen. Uh, and th- there's a recognition by someone else of what it is that, that Jesus is up to. Um, the book of Matthew, in many ways, is a story uh, about like a, a very, it, starting with one person who knows who Jesus is, and that's Jesus, like knowing what his true identity is as the Son of God, and that, that, that identity starting to go a little bit wider and then a little bit wider and a little bit wider. Um, it actually, one of the one of the places where it starts to spread is actually among the evil spirits. And they're the ones who recognize who Jesus is and Jesus silences them and is like, we're not ready to share that information yet. In Matthew 16, there's this beautiful picture, um, this exchange that Jesus has with Peter, where Peter for the first time is like, oh, I know who you are now. And the thing that Jesus says to Peter is there is no way that flesh and blood revealed what you now know. The only way you got that revelation is if the Father revealed it to you. And so what it is that that we're seeing in this this picture, in this passage, uh, with with this woman who pours perfume on him, um, is she is doing something in preparation for that crucifixion that's going to happen in bringing like these funeral perfumes to almost like ready his body for what it is that's going to happen. Um, because you'll remember there, there's a group of people who go to bring like the funeral perfumes three days after Jesus has died. Um, and when they get there, Jesus has been raised from the dead. And so the only application of those funeral perfumes are actually happening before that. And, and what Jesus seems to recognize here in this passage is is that this is like Peter, a woman who has an who has an understanding and a revelation that is about Jesus's true identity, and, and he was recognizing. Look, if this is what the Father is doing in this moment of time, I'm in, I'm up for it. Uh, because l- let's be honest, this is probably not what Jesus was thinking that his night was going to be about. He's sitting here, he's eating at a table, he's reclining, he's probably had a very long day. Uh, he is now aware that there is a conspiracy among like both the religious leaders who have the power and they're starting to reach out to political leaders who have the, the power to crucify him. And he's he's probably a little mentally drained, emotionally drained and exhausted. He's reclining at the table 
And then this person pops in and is like, now's the time we're going to start. And it just starts pouring this perfume on him. Um, This is what we might call a holy interruption. Uh, we, We had a plan for our day. Maybe you had a plan for your week. I think for many of us, we had a plan uh, for this month that is different than how that has actually gone. Um, But Jesus was able to see and to recognize what it is that the Father was doing in that moment. Uh, And he knew that somehow this was aligned with what it is that that God was doing. That he was able to get a sense that like, all right, this person knows uh, who I am. This person has a sense of what it is that the Father is up up to. And so I'm in on it. And I think for me, um, if, I, if I'm being really honest uh, this morning, the, the thing about most of my days is I, I think we all, we're all having different experiences of, of life in, in more and more isolated spaces. Um, and what, what that has meant for me, at least in the last, you know, the last 10 to 14 days for me, is that the amount of work uh, for me has skyrocketed. It's, it's just gone stratospheric through the roof. I know it has not been that way for everyone. Um, and what that means for me personally is that I am far less open to those kind of holy interruptions. In fact, I am far more closed to those kinds of holy interruptions. And so if, if the thing, like the, the, these three questions that we're regularly asking when we're engaging the text is, what does the text say? What is the Spirit stirring in me? And what is it that I'm going to take away? I think the thing, uh, as I was reading this text this morning, that the Spirit was stirring in me is, is just to have an openness to these kinds of holy interruptions. Now, for me, that might look like some holy interruptions with my kids right in the middle of video calls um, that I'm going to be honest, I'm not very thrilled about the prospect of that happening today. Uh, but there, there are other things that God may may want to interrupt my day with and that he want, He wants to drop in there, and that he wants me to be attentive to what it is that he is doing at any given time, at any given point, at any given moment. Um, and so my, my prayer for you today, you who are, who are watching this on Facebook Live live, as well as you who watch the replays, and then those who are listening on the podcast, we are, the, uh, the Easton Fellowship Sermon Podcast is now being regularly updated with these each day. Uh, if, you, if you miss and you want to listen, on that, my prayer for you is that, that you would you would be aware of what it is that the Spirit is doing today, that you would be yielded to what it is that the Spirit is up to today, and that you would be open to moments of holy disruption today. Um, our whole lives have been disrupted, but there are these little micro moments that I think God is peppering throughout our days that He wants us to attend to as well. So we're gonna we're gonna turn to our watchword of the day every day. The Moravian Daily Text has uh, a couple of verses that are good at orienting our, our hearts. This is from Nehemiah nine. It says, "You are the Lord, you alone. You have made heaven, the heaven of heavens, with all their hosts, the earth and all that is on it, the seas and all that is in them." And then from Acts fourteen, God has not left Himself without testimony. He has shown kindness to you. By giving you rain from heaven, and it is literally raining right now as we speak, and crops in their seasons, he provides you with plenty of food and fills your heart with joy. I'm going to read that again uh, because I think one of the things that we might be anxious about is, will this be true Uh, in in these next couple of weeks, in these next couple of months? Um, And so it's, it's good to return to the promises of God in times when, we're, when we feel maybe some anxiety or worry about what God will deliver. God has not left himself without testimony. He has shown kindness by giving you rain from heaven 
and crops in their seasons. He provides you with plenty of joy, uh, excuse me, he provides you with plenty of food and fills your hearts with joy. So today, one of the things that we can be looking for as a marker of the Spirit's activity, if we're saying we want to be yielded to the Spirit, we want to see what the Spirit is, a marker of the Spirit, a trace of the Spirit is joy. And so let's close our, our morning prayers together with this prayer. Loving Creator, we give you thanks for your bountiful creation, which you continue to form today. May the intricacies of the world remind us how much you care for it and all of its creatures. Amen. All right, Easton Fellowship family, thank you for joining us today on Morning Prayers. It is Monday, day eight of our quarantine extravaganza. We're going to keep going through this. Uh, We have house churches happening this week. Uh, Mine is tonight. We are going to be Zooming everyone in. And so if you're not in a house church, we would love to plug you into one. Uh, You can email us at eastonfellowship at gmail.com, and we will get you into one of those online house churches. Thanks so much for joining, and we will see you tomorrow.